0: Good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Florence, Italy, to Goose Creek, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business from my neighborhood to yours. My guests today are Eric Boroff, He is the music director and president of the board of directors for the Cornelius Youth Orchestra and Laura Ingram. She's the executive director of Feed North Carolina. But first I want to introduce a longtime friend of mine and a former board member of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce past public policy chair, Jason Colvin with State Farm. Jason is also the assistant coach and a sponsor of a little league baseball team here in Huntersville. And uh, Jason, and I went to the town board meeting this past Monday night, and we didn't recognize two state champions i mean one state champion we recognized two state champions and little league baseball tell us a little bit about what we did monday night at town hall
1: yeah it looked a little bit different at town hall didn't it (laughs) It looked a lot different (laughs) yeah um what we recognized was uh lake norman little league happens to be the largest little league in the state of north carolina about between softball and baseball players there's about 1500 plus kids who play um every spring and there's a little bit less that play every fall but um the little league season uh is 10 to 12 games during a regular season and it culminates into an all-star season and during that all-star season they have uh, a district tournament and if you're lucky enough to win that uh, you go on to a state tournament so all there's about four or five or excuse me six age groups from 8U, um, or which means 8 8 years old or under, all the way up to 12 years old and under, and the 9 and under and then also the 10 and under Lake Norman Little League teams, which are comprised of kids from Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, North Charlotte area, actually won their uh, respective state tournaments this past spring, which was fantastic. And we really appreciate um, Huntersville taking the time to recognize the two teams because um, we depend a lot on uh, Huntersville and Cornelius uh, fields for both practice and playing the games for.
0: And I think that's one of the things that you were there the other night is not only to bring recognition to the kids. By, by the way, how many kids were there the other – that's
1: probably not all of them, but how many kids were there? So so each team is comprised of 13 <laughs> players, or 12 to 13 players. So you actually saw 25 players there the other night. Wow,
0: that, that was a lot. And they were excited. And I, and I think the thing that impressed me was uh, how – how how mannerly they were in town hall because I'm not sure at the age of eight nine and ten that I was that disciplined <laughs> as your baseball
1: team. <laughs> they 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 perform at a high level and they're very respectful. Great kids in them but but it all starts at home with the great parents that um, they ha- we have as part of the team.
0: And I, I think really one of the things you wanted to do was bring. Um, recognition to the the lack of resources i think we have in the area in terms of ball fields
1: well you know you you drive around you see a lot of different ball fields from uh in huntersville you got north mech you got the north uh athletic park in huntersville um and cornelius you have uh, Torrance chapel uh, park you got the uh westmoreland athletic park um even though it seems like there's a lot of ball fields around here, based on just the sheer size of people, especially moving here, um, and because this is a great place to live, right? So mm-hmm. um, the great schools and everything. So you got all these kids, but Lake Norman Little League actually has to turn down or, or turn away some people because there's not enough fields. F- for them to practice and play on to be able to adequately have the the season. So one of the things that we've brought to attention of both Cornelius and Huntersville is that there is a need for additional fields. Um, And then there's also a great opportunity in that, in that uh, where they do have these state tournaments, primarily in Wilson, North Carolina, um, Greenville, North Carolina, and actually fairly close um, downtown Charlotte uh, uh, at Randolph Park, which is Myers Park um, Little League. They have these, what I call stadium fields. Um, They look very nice. They're miniature versions of a major league field and they can hold anywhere from five to 600 people. Um, and they can be used for multi-purpose, uh, not only for the these ball games where they h- host these district and state tournaments and people come in from all across the stra- state and Southeast region, um, but the you know these people are coming. They're staying in hotel rooms. They're staying going out to eat at different places. Big business. It, big business. Mm-hmm. And so you know there's a great opportunity for the Lake Norman area, yeah. especially for one of these towns. If it, and I know the Lake Norman Little League is all about looking to partner with one as far as capital um raising capital to to help build one of these type of stadiums to make it more of like a think of it as a baseball destination Uh right to go along with the the great late norman little league program that we already have um because nothing against wilson north carolina but have you been to wilson north carolina I've been to Wilson, but it's been a while. They, they, they just don't quite have as much in Wilson, North Carolina, as they do here in the Lake Norman region. And then you add Charlotte on top of that. Um, what a great opportunity this would be for our, our region. You know,
0: Jason, uh, one of the things that a former mayor in Rock Hill, Betty Jo Ray, I don't know if you know that name, but Betty Jo Ray was uh, one of our, I think, the very first female mayor for Rock Hill. But back in the early 80s, she had a vision of taking some prime real estate on Cherry Road. Uh, You're familiar with Cherry Road, Eric, and uh, putting a park there. And she built all of these baseball fields and they actually talked about Betty Jo Fay's folly. You know, what is she doing taking this high dollar real estate? And then when I was president of the United States JCs, I traveled to 47 states. And I would go to some of the states like Oregon and Kansas, and they would say, "Uh, where are you from? I'd say Rock Hill, South Carolina. i say, I've been to Rock Hill. You've been to Rock Hill? I mean, what would bring you there? And they said, "Uh, played softball there or played baseball. Mm -hmm. Some of the championships were held there. And I'm going like, oh, my gosh, I didn't really realize that people from across the country would come to Rock Hill, South Carolina to play in, in some of our baseball parks. And so... Yeah, tremendous facilities and tremendous opportunity.
1: Absolutely. You, you look at what we already have here in the area, what they've been able to do with uh, uh, all the soccer fields in Huntersville and Cornelius with uh, the turf that they've put down uh, right there at the uh, fields right there beside uh, Bradley Middle School um, at Bailey Road Park um, and then also Bradford Park. Um, they they bring in these national soccer tournaments. Um, they would be able to do the same with a, a first class uh, facility in from a baseball perspective as well
0: sure that's your huge travel and tourism is, is huge to our economic development jason i want to ask you obviously the little league baseball season is wrapping up when does it start
1: uh so there's actually two seasons there's a spring season which starts usually towards the end of february and that runs the regular season runs through the end of may and then all-star season starts in june and runs through can be an end of july if you make it all the way through the state tournament um, the fall season starts in August and runs through the end of October.
0: You know, I know you were an assistant coach and a sponsor of the team. I, I don't know a whole lot about that
1: personal background of yours. Did you play Little League Baseball? Did you play baseball? At tri- uh, Yes, I was a Tri-C uh, baseball player back in Washington, West Virginia.
0: Okay, and I guess you've heard we, we've got the batting challenge that uh, Justin Kazepi's and I have. With the uh, we're gonna have a little uh, ch- competition at D Bat on September twenty eighth noon, high noon, where the loser, or actually the runner up, the runner up <laughs> is gonna wash dish- dishes at the Angels and Sparrow Soup Kitchen, And of course. There is no losers in community service. Absolutely no losers.
1: None, Uh, but that will be fun to watch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jason, I want to thank you so much for all that you're doing and what you did with the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce in your six years on the board of directors and with junior leadership, Lake Norman. We're going to be taking a break. Uh, We're going to stay live with our digital family. For those of you listening, please come back and listen to Town Talk on WSIC. Okay. Thank you so very, very much. Jason uh, really appreciate that. served. Uh, excuse me.
2: Greatly appreciate that.
0: Oh, absolutely, Jason served six years on my board of directors. He was also my public policy chair, uh, and orchestrated and emceed some of those candidate debates that we we had. So uh, thank you so very much, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. My producer in there, Bill Blakely, uh, is taking care of me. Uh, Bill, I was sharing a little while ago that I went out for my batting practice yesterday at D-Bat, got out there, and uh, some of those balls coming at me at at 60 miles an hour. Uh, Today, I'm feeling it a little bit, uh, even 50. I I was telling Eric, it was like the bionic man, only I didn't connect like the bionic man. It was like I was coming around in slow motion on those balls. So uh, Justin and I had a little conversation a little while ago, and I think we're going to switch to softball. So maybe some fast, pitch smart move. softball. <laughs> yeah, and, and with a ten foot arch, and so maybe uh, maybe we can do it that way because it, it was it was difficult yesterday. Uh, the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. We have our business expo coming up Tuesday, October the tenth, eleven o'clock to five o'clock. That's gonna be at the Huntersville Recreation Center. We have about 20 or 25 booths left. Uh, You need to register if you're gonna be in it by next Friday because after that, if we do have booths available, you can possibly still get a booth, but that's gonna be the uh, cutoff for being able to have signage on your boot, so you'd have to definitely bring your own banner. But uh, Tuesday, October the 10th, 11 o'clock to 5 o'clock at the Huntersville Recreation Center. Uh, I mentioned a little while ago candidate forums with Justin Kazeppi's uh, uh, He is actually going to be our MC. Uh, that's something that Jason did for us for many years. On Thursday, October the 12th, uh, we're going to have the Cornelius candidate forum. We have two people running for town mayor. We have uh, 10 people co- running for town board. And that's going to be 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock at the Cornelius Town Hall. On Tuesday, October 17th and 19th, we're going to have the Huntersville candidate forums. We've got so many people running. For, you're down there at Huntersville. Yep. We actually have uh, 16 candidates for town board Whew. and uh, three people for mayor. We're fixing to go back in 10 seconds uh, to our live. Uh, thank the digital audience for being with us.
2: <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. And we just heard from Jason Colvin. He was in here talking about some Little League. It was really exciting going to the town board the other night, having two state championship uh, Little League baseball teams from your town, so, and Eric, you're from Huntersville as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that was really, really cool. Uh, Bill, I, Bill Blakely is our producer. He is on the boards and this morning I was listening to a discussion, uh, that they were having on Good Morning Lake Norman where they talked about capital punishment. Justin was talking about capital punishment and he said the current South Carolina law requires that either you execute inmates by electric chair or they can choose lethal injection or firing squad. That's what Justin was talking about this morning, right, Bill? Right. Actually, Justin didn't get it right. There is a fourth manner. If you are a South Carolina Gamecock, they actually strap you down to a chair and you have to listen to the Clemson Tiger fight song, oh the Tiger Rag, over and over and over. And most people prefer the bullet.
3: Uh-huh. So So
0: anyway, there is a fourth way in South Carolina for that. And, you know, and I also heard Joe Vagnone this morning. I couldn't get in. Uh, He was talking about his love of cigars. I know he's still giving you a lot of grief over his bumper music. Uh, Bill, I really do like, I think what you need to do, and don't tell Joe that you're going to do it, but next Monday, line up the Starland Vocal Band. And do a little afternoon delight for Joe. I gotcha. And see yep. his reaction. Classic. So yeah. No, no ac A little bit of a right. little bit of Starland Vocal Band.
3: I'm trying to even picture his face right there, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that worth it. <laughs> he will actually say, Willem, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I have Eric Boroff. He is the music director, president of the board of directors for the Cornelia Orchestra, and Laura Ingram, the executive director of Feed North Carolina. Laura, I want to start with you. I know what Feed North Carolina does, but for those listeners from Huntersville to Statesville that may, may be unfamiliar with um, Feed North Carolina, what is feed and see.
4: So we focus on feeding, obviously, in our community serve multiple counties, not just Iredell County, which some people think we do serve North Mech as well. So Cornelius Huntersville and Davidson and focus on hot meals. Uh, we also focus on groceries for families in our community and education. So one of the things that's a recent add for us is workforce development and we um, train people in the culinary services industry and in warehouse development. We actually just started a new class yesterday and we have 16 people who started learning in our three month program yesterday and they'll finish and have jobs, which is pretty exciting in our community.
0: You just moved into a new facility. We just had the ribbon cutting a couple of months ago. Uh, uh, share a little bit about the facility because it it is it is it is state-of-the-art, beautiful facility, nice kitchen. Uh, share a little bit about where you're at and the facility.
4: Sure. So we started a capital campaign in 2021. Uh, we just had completely outgrown our space in, in downtown Mooresville and the demand was increasing by 50% year over year for services, so we just couldn't fit everybody in the space that we had, and uh, held a campaign, uh, raised $7 million for that campaign, and were able to construct this new building. It's eight and a half acres, which we were pretty excited about. Um, We were kind of landlocked downtown and didn't have much dirt, and we really knew that we needed to grow food, um, because things that you grow are healthier than things that are coming from grocery stores a lot of times, and so, Um, We were able to include a large dining room where we can serve 200 people at a time in the dining room during the week. That space can also be rented, which was exciting. I have a board of directors who, you know, was making sure that we could operate long term and um, having some revenue was one way to do that. We also have a teaching kitchen. So the people that are in our program can learn in this kitchen. They used to have to sort of cohabitate with uh, volunteers as we were cooking all day. So now they have a teaching kitchen. And then uh, we also have a very nice size warehouse, which is super exciting. So we really had no warehouse in the other building. And we weren't really able to manage inventory the way we should. Um, A lot of times food had to go out quicker than it should have because we just didn't have anywhere to store it. So now we feel like we can say yes. Uh, We sometimes have 18-wheelers call us and say, I tried to drop off something to Walmart and they couldn't take it. And we had to say no to things like that in the past. So now we're excited that if you can eat it, we will take it um, and we always say yes when people have something to offer.
0: And Eric, you were familiar with Feed NC, right? Just a little bit, yeah. An impressive operation uh i think you actually also grow stuff there right
4: we do we have an acre garden um the dale jr foundation um partnered with us and named it mimi's garden so mimi is what the grand babies um called their grandmother before she passed away um dale jr and kelly's mother um and so she loved to garden she loved um having her grandchildren out in the garden with her so they named that spot and we have beautiful a memory to her with sunflowers. She likes sunflowers and um, butterflies. And so there's a lot of really cool uh, memory to her in that space and an acre of edible food that we can put in our kitchen and in our grocery. Um, it, as you all know, if you've been to the store anytime recently, fresh food is expensive. So oh, yeah. it's the um, hardest yeah. thing to buy is yeah. produce yeah. and it doesn't last very long. So what you get as donations are typically shelf stable, canned goods, dry goods, which is also helpful but we're trying to help people make healthy choices and that way they don't have long-term chronic illnesses. So we're growing fruits and vegetables, putting fruit trees in the um, ground and things that hopefully will feed our community for decades after you know we're all retired and on a beach somewhere, people will still be eating what is in that garden.
0: Laura, I think you spoke about the, the geographic area you serve, but um, specifically what individuals uh, can reach out to you for assistance?
4: So we do serve, um, there's multiple counties, but Iredell, Mecklenburg, uh, Cabarrus, and then Rowan. There are certain zip codes in those. It's about 11 zip codes. So if somebody's not certain, they can call us and ask specifically. But a person just has to fall at 200% of poverty or below, which is a lot of working folks in our community. So they really can be a two-income household. Uh, We serve all kinds of people that are hardworking community members. And all they have to do is go on the website and we have an online application. So they don't even have to drive to us. They can do it online. And then we can give them a call and talk to them about what their needs are. And then people are able to shop in the grocery. They can eat every day, Monday through Friday with us, but they can shop in the grocery once a week. And people are typically taking about $200 worth of groceries um, every week when they leave the grocery store so anybody who needs help actually can reach out to us and even if they don't qualify for our services we'll find them help
0: laura jason was just talking about how it's a this is a great place to live to work to visit Um, but there sometimes is a misconception that everybody up here is wealthy and influential and and uh, just doing great There. are are pockets of poverty, no matter whether it's in Statesville, Huntersville, IHRC, where we live. Yeah. Um, there are families that are struggling. Yeah. Uh, there are people who are literally living out of their cars. Uh, speak, speak to that issue because, again, there's so many people that, that think we're just a, a very affluent community.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be under misunderstood, certainly, I think. And we do have a lot of people with wonderful resources in this community. So I always say I'm super thankful, actually, that we have those folks, too, because they're incredibly generous. We have wonderful people in this community who choose to support nonprofits as opposed to doing something else with their resources. So I have a lot of respect for those people as well. Um, but we do have kind of a beautiful marriage in this area where we have people in need, and then we have people who are willing to give, which I feel blessed for that. We could be in an area where everyone was struggling, oh, and then yeah. we would all struggle together, which would be difficult. So um, we definitely have families that are working very hard. They are making minimum wage. They're making $12 or $13 an hour. The cost of rent in this area, as we all know, one bedroom apartment typically is $1,000 a month. Um, and so the, the math just simply doesn't add up. Even if you're working part-time or full-time, they can't afford the rent and then the food and the medication and the needs of their children and everything else. So we do have a lot of families. Um, and especially as costs have gone up, you know, we all know the cost of food is higher. A lot of things are higher at this point, And wages have gone up some but not consistent um, with the cost of things so we've actually seen the needs since January needs have gone up uh, week over week since January the amount of families applying for services we usually have about 75 new families apply a week for our services
0: you know over the course of 30 years here at the Lake Norman Chamber actually 28 but (laughs) closing in on 30 uh, I've served on the board of the Eddie Jenkins Center Habitat for Humanity United Way Uh, I haven't served on the board of Angels and Sparrows, but I've been very involved with them. Um, Tell me about the collaboration you might have, because I think you do work closely with the Ada Jenkins Center.
4: We do, we actually work closely with all those people that you just mentioned. Um, And Jessica at Angels is is one of my favorite humans in the world. Um, She's (laughs) amazing and quite good at what she does and has a beautiful vision for that place, you know, in the future as well. So, you know, we do bounce ideas off of each other. I think all the nonprofits really in the area work together. We know we're serving some of the same people and then we're definitely serving individuals as well that are not um, duplicative at all. And we have different missions. You know, Angels does um, a great job with their food during the day they're feeding different people than we are during the day and then she started in on the tutoring program in the afternoons and kinda had a specific vision of which way she wanted to go so we do communicate a lot we make referrals back and forth a family might wind up in our dining room and then tell us that they live in Huntersville and there's no point for them, you know, to come all the way to us if they don't know that angels and sparrows exist. So we make referrals back and forth. We try very hard not to duplicate a service that already exists in this community. That doesn't make any sense. So we all kind of try to form our strategic plan and then go in a direction that makes sense individually.
0: We're going to talk about the support when we come back a little bit about both the organizations and Erica, we're going to get over to you specifically, but, um, I want to ask, what, what is the biggest challenge that Feed NC is looking at? What's the biggest challenge facing you?
4: I'd say probably right now it's having adequate volunteers um, that we need every day. Mm. So we have a very small paid staff. We try to be efficient with what we do. And we need about 70 to 75 volunteers in the building a day. It's a, It's an extensive operation to have the help that we need. And then a lot of those volunteers are doing manual labor. So um, that can be hard to find. We've gone to gyms and things like that, specifically looking for folks who can lift and heavy boxes. And so that's probably our greatest need is people who are capable of doing some manual labor in the building.
0: And so you wanted to volunteer. Website is? Uh, FeedNC.org. FeedNC.org. So... um, Eric, when we come back, we're going to really talk about the Cornelius Youth Orchestra and talk about some of the things that you're doing. Um, For our digital audience, stay with us. We're going to be talking about some Chamber of Commerce activities. For you who are listening to us live on the radio, we'll be back in just a few minutes. So please stay with us on Town Talk right here on WSIC. Are you f- are familiar with the other organizations I mentioned? Are you do you do Have you had any interaction yeah. with Ada Jenkins
3: Center? Uh, yes, we actually have done a community service project with our kids. We try to get our kids out in the community, not just doing music, but also community service. And uh, last Christmas, we actually had them put Christmas uh, baskets and actually Christmas stockings. We had them stuffed with goodies and stuff and dropped them off at Ada Jenkins, and that was a lot of fun. Any involvement with Angels and Sparrows? Uh, yes, and- we actually did a Valentine's Day project with them this past February, and uh, we had the kids put together... Together little Valentines write notes and uh, del- we had them delivered to the patrons there at the Angels and Sparrows that's, that's fantastic yeah
0: um, a couple of Chamber of Commerce activities. Uh, we have a Business After Hours next Thursday. Uh, that's going to be the 28th uh, Business After Hours at United Community Bank. That's a 19510 Jeton Road here in Cornelius. Uh, so if you're somebody who uh, is interested in the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, come out see what we do. Uh, have you been to any of our networking events, Lauren, Uh Eric?
4: I have, yes. Yes, and very much enjoy them. Meet, huh. meet new people every time I go.
0: What What is the big benefit for you of going to any networking event?
4: Um, well, we make certainly make contact with businesses. Uh-huh. We have a lot of sponsorship opportunities with businesses. Um, businesses are doing an amazing job these days of trying to give back and having a specific community focus. So a lot of times we make contacts with large and small
3: businesses. I feel like the role of nonprofits, it seems like we are facilitators. You mentioned, I like what you said about how there are people that are well uh, well to do in the area and also people that are in need. And I feel like as nonprofits, one of the things we all share in common is we're just connecting those people, you mm-hmm. know?
0: And we've got it. Speaking of that, we've got our nonprofit roundtable. I, I know that's coming up either in October or November. Uh, we're actually going to take it on the road to Morrisville. So we're going to go to Welcome Home Veterans, uh, Richard's Coffee Shop, and that's going to be the next uh, nonprofit roundtable. Have you been able to attend one of those? I have yet to, but one of my team has. Okay. Yes. And I know I know we always yes. have feed and see there. Bonnie. You know, yeah, yeah. Bonnie
4: loves to be in the community. I mean, that's her, her role is development. So I do more day-to-day operational stuff, and Bonnie gets to spend a lot of time in the community which is nice. Uh,
0: Eric, we actually started that about, I I guess it's almost been eight to 10 years ago. We literally, I was invited to attend three gala events on the same weekend. So you had one on a Friday night, <laughs> two on a Saturday night. And I'm going like, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and what we had was our nonprofits usurping each other. If, mm-hmm. if you're having your huge fundraisers at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we brought everybody together. And what we do is we go around the room. We typically have about 30 or 35 nonprofits and either the execs or uh, volunteer, or sometimes the, the board chair. And they will say in, in like one minute, because if we go longer than that, we'll be there for a long time with 35 people. But in one minute, what does your organization do? And then we go back around the room and say what's going on. So we're going to... Digital family, stay with us. We're going back live in just a second. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. Today I have Eric Borup. He is the music director and president of board of directors for the Cornelius Youth Orchestra, and Laura Ingram, executive director of Feed NC, and we just talked to Laura. And I think you guys were... Was it uh, last year? No, two years ago, you were like the Duke Citizenship Award. Uh, yes. What? Yeah, wow. Duke Citizenship Award, the highest, wow. the highest award we give to uh, an individual or a nonprofit or a business for the impact they're making. And Incredible. The NC uh, was recognized. I guess that was twenty twenty one. It was, but right
4: in the heart of the COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> fun.
0: Right it's so during much the fun. heart of the COVID. But we really appreciate that, what uh, in Feed NC does. And and before we get to you, Eric, we, we actually had a rebranding, too. Eric, you were just talking about that, you, that Eric knew you as something else. Tell me about the rebranding real quickly.
4: Yeah, so we were Mooresville Soup Kitchen. A lot of people understand that. Some people don't. Um, but we went around and talked to our community in 2020 and just learned that we were not serving that many homeless folks at this time. So it used to be homeless people that would go to a soup kitchen, and there's some negative connotations associated with a soup kitchen and going right. there for help. And most of our people have jobs. So we rebranded and learned that people needed groceries for their families. They needed education. They needed better jobs. And so we really focused on the things that the people we serve, and our, our people are working poor in our community.
0: And, and Angels and Sparrows changed it to the community kitchen. So it's the it's the community kitchen, not the soup kitchen. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- got to be careful about that. Eric, uh, we were talking on the phone a couple of weeks ago when you agreed to do my show. And we talked about the Cornelius Youth Orchestra, and I kept saying, Cornelius, 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 and you were going like, mm, no, we're much bigger than that. Absolutely. Talk
3: about what is the Cornelius Youth Orchestra. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I can't wait to share our organization with your listeners here in the Lake Norman community. I am a transplant, and I have fallen in love with the Lake Norman community myself. Um, The Cornelius Youth Orchestras is a nonprofit um, serving the community youth here in the area and with a dual mission statement. Um, Our goal is to provide music education and performing opportunities for community youth, as well as be a community uh, arts ensemble and uh, provide live music and concerts for the community at large and uh, we have seen incredible growth just last this past year from last season to this we've actually more than doubled our enrollment so we are looking forward to our exciting season ahead you mentioned our service area um, we have Cornelius in the name we're proud to have Cornelius in the name but we also serve and we pull in students and audience from a demographic of five different contiguous counties um, in the local area. So we have Rowan, Cabarrus, we have Mecklenburg, Lincoln, um, and I believe Gaston as well. And talk about the ages. What what age range? Absolutely. So um, initially when I came on uh, with my position to the organization in January of 2019, it was primarily a middle school group. And uh, we have expanded that out into all of the broad offerings that we have from elementary age all the way up until pre-college. So graduation uh, for high schoolers. And and when do you have these performances? Um, We have an increasing number of performances. So this past season, we grew from having four different concerts a year to 17 different performances in the community. So our goal, as I said, we serve a dual mission statement. We wanna provide education for the kids from our fantastic world-class artistic faculty, but we also want to get our kids performing. They want to perform. That's why they're there with us and a part of our youth orchestra. This coming season, we have, I believe, five different concerts already on the calendar on top of the upcoming uh, community engagement e- events. And that's just the calendar that's been confirmed into December 1st. So our season runs until the end of May. So we're looking to get more concerts and more events on the schedule. And we'll put out more information about that as we have it. So I am a huge
0: Charlotte uh, orchestra. I love to go to the Charlotte Symphony. I love to go to that. How How is this differing from... Say, is it, is it a, a, a junior version
3: of, say, the Charlotte Symphony? Well, I would be honored to call it a junior version of the Charlotte <laughs> Symphony. <laughs> My colleagues that are on uh, uh, our team, our artistic faculty, are primarily members of the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. And uh, I like to compare this as I talk to people to share how big of a deal this is. This would be like somebody um, that plays with the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. coming in and coaching Little League. Oh, yeah. The, this is an opportunity for our community youth to have world-class, instruction on day one on their instrument it doesn't matter what instrument you play as long as it's in the orchestral family we take them so our our faculty are from the Charlotte Symphony primarily such a fantastic group but they make the trek up here to Lake Norman and work with our kids and we could not be happier to have them and again how does this vary from say the Huff High School band or one of the bands that you we have here that's there? that's a fantastic question so um I'll clear up some verbiage here some music lingo so a lot of times in the school system you have band which is mm-hmm, primarily right. woodwind and brass instruments and then you would have orchestra for some of the schools, though the area in North Carolina is underserved when it right. comes to strings. But orchestra would be referenced as strings only. We are a full orchestra. And so what that means is that we actually combine everybody. So we have the strings, we have the brass, the woodwinds, and percussion. So it's a happy musical um, mosaic of sound. um, And we get to bring everybody in. Now, how do we differ from local high schools and middle school bands? Well, what we're doing is we're pulling in students that are motivated, driven, really excited about playing their instrument. And we're taking the cream of the crop from each of those schools and bringing them together and putting them in ensemble with their peers that are equally motivated. Um, And then when you uh, synergize that with connecting them with the faculty that we have, I mean, it's just incredible output. Eric, you know, I, I'm probably
0: going to butcher this name, but but a young lady that I really enjoy listening to is Lucia Maccarelli. Uh, probably just butchered that violinist. No, right. uh, and I just love the violin. Uh, the older I get, I know it used to be, Used to be heavy guitar, you know. It, it used to be like the Rolling Stones and Fleetwood Mac, and that. but now the older I get, the more I'm I'm going more classical. But but I li- I love listening to violin. This isn't just what you do for a living. You actually you you teach violin, right? Tell me, tell me
3: about it. I you. am I am a violinist professionally, yeah. and uh, my day job per se yeah. um, is actually I do have a violin lesson studio. We serve the Lake Norman region, but we also have locations down in South Charlotte, in Weddington, and also in Fort Mill, in South Carolina and when did you start when did you start playing the violin i started playing the violin and it's a it's a great story that we probably don't have time for but i started playing the violin from a violin that was salvaged from the school dumpster um when i was nine years old it was given to me as i was going away from school they were cleaning out lost and found it got thrown in the dumpster a school admin saw that I was there and she said, that kid wants to play. I remember that. And they went and got it from the dumpster and gave it to me. And uh, to my parents' chagrin, uh, initially, they were like, you came home from school with what? And uh, I started practicing and the rest is history. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been quite the journey. You play any other instruments? I do uh, play the piano. I did also, just for pedagogical reasons, play other instruments as well, just to learn how to learn the basics of each one. But primarily, I just play the violin.
0: Laura, do you play any musical instruments?
4: I do not. I, oh,
3: okay.
0: I
4: actually do not sing either. I always wanted to sing. It was something I was really <laughs> wanted to be good at. And I did try, but I was not that good at it. So it's not on my list of skills
0: for sure. Is there a particular type of music or an instrument you like the most? Because, I mean, I, I, I was just sharing, I, I, do, I love the violin. I've always loved the flute. I love the piano. Those yeah. are the, my probably top three instruments. Do yeah. you have something that you just really enjoy listening yeah, to? Yeah,
4: I do enjoy piano. Could listen to piano all day long. Just um, And. And, and I really enjoy music, actually, period, just um, all different kinds of genres of music. My children are teenagers, and they know lots and lots of different uh, types of music and older music that they probably shouldn't know because we listen to <laughs> all kinds of things in our Do household. they play an instrument? They do not. My kids are both into sports and it's not too late to
0: learn the violin. (laughs) That's right. We'll take you. (laughs) Yes.
4: yes. I wish they would. I think it's important. And I think the arts in the schools are extremely important. And it was something that we kind of lost there for a while. A lot of schools had to end up cutting back. And I'm glad to see that it's come back.
3: Absolutely. You know, that's actually one of the gaps that we're serving. One of the things that happened during COVID is orchestra and band had to go online. And there's a little bit of um, uh, there's this period of educational uh of an educational gap that we're actually looking to fill so right now the eighth and ninth graders in particular had to start their musical instruments on zoom which um, doesn't necessarily sound like a recipe for success but i'm really glad they pushed through it now we get to work with those kids and maybe do some remedial work and get them going where they should be so as we output into the different colleges around the around the country hopefully we'll have compensated for some of that gap there.
0: Eric, did you get to the symphony this past May when it came to the Kane Arts Center? Kane I, Center for the
3: Arts? You know, I was not able to make it to the Kane Center for the Arts, but we did get to go to, in the, the youth orchestra, our brass ensemble, got to play um, up at Bailey Road Park when the symphony came up for July 4th. Um, I'm sorry, end of June, for the fireworks show up there. And um, we actually got to perform before the symphony, and I did get to enjoy them then. It was incredible. My
0: One of my all-time favorite groups, and I mentioned Fleetwood Mac and Warner Rolling Stones, and yes, I like those too. But my all-time favorite group is Chicago because I just love the big brass. And the greatest concert I've ever attended in my life was going and listening to Chicago backed up by the Charlotte Symphony. Oh, if you my. can imagine, Woo. you got Chicago, you got all the brass. Behind them is the Charlotte Symphony. What a combo. Oh, Eric, that just, that just <laughs> blew me away. And I'm, I'm still shaking about that. Um, it's incredible. Is there, have you been to any of the performances at the Cane? Uh Not yet. Um, I'm looking forward to soon, though. Do you think that we might see the Cornelius Youth
3: Orchestra at the Kane Center for the Arts? We would absolutely love that, and we're totally open to talking about that.
0: Bill, make sure you get Justin Dion, put him on the spot, and we need to have the Cornelius Youth Orchestra (laughs) booked into the Kane Center for the Arts.
4: I'd love to have them at Feed and See, too, if by chance they'd ever <laughs> you know, like to sing. Because a lot of, you know, our, our children don't necessarily know that's a possibility. Yeah. So it would be really neat if they could see other kids. That's doing actually something.
3: one of the things that we do. We try to get our kids out in the community and performing at uh, different local places. And so we would love to have that. That would be incredible. Great.
0: Yeah. We've got about 35 seconds before we go to break. If somebody were wanted to reach out to you, uh, how would they do this?
3: Is there a website? Google us. Cornelius Google. Youth Orchestras. That's going to be the best way to reach us out. Um, and you can find out all the information there. We are still registering for this season. In addition, you can also find all of our concerts right there online on our website. You can get tickets there. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the whole social gambit. We're all there. Uh, Eight seconds from break, Bill. Uh, Please come back and join us on WSIC
0: Town Talk. (laughs) we almost got caught there because i didn't hear a 60 or a 30 i was i was just too engrossed in the conversation going on uh favorite concert totally off the road favorite concert
4: oh oh um oh my gosh uh it's probably probably fleetwood mac i would say oh yeah um you know a lot of that and the, the the whole
0: band it was was uh, Christine McVie and and yeah. uh, also Lindsey yeah. Buckingham because he's been in in and out in out, <laughs> and out now he's out yeah. Okay, yeah yeah okay the lineup so this yeah. was probably with the when
3: they came about four or five years ago yeah
4: yeah, yeah. Did, did,
3: okay Eric I come from a classical background so uh, the San Francisco Symphony where I grew up uh, going to various concerts from a young age there um, some of my earliest memories watching performances I mean uh, I can't I couldn't replace that for sure. <laughs>
0: And I got to tell you, I again, I've gotten older. And so uh, now i'm I'm into Bocelli as well. So yeah, I'm yeah. In a, hearing Andre come out and. Uh, which I never really thought I would I would I would be a Bocelli fan and the yeah. first time my, my girlfriend invited me I, I was going yeah I don't really want to go to that and then I I, listened, I, I was just blown away yeah uh, at some of the stuff he did yeah. um, Chamber of Commerce today we had a ribbon cutting at US Bank and uh, that was a fantastic outing welcoming a new bank and Bill I was listening this morning to the word of the day so uh, see if I got this right. US Bank's expansion into Lake Norman is a real harbinger into the healthy business growth growth of our dynamic region. Um, I hope I did that one well. Harbinger was the word of the day. (laughs) So uh, again, it it was a fantastic experience. Anytime you welcome a a business into our community, but recognizing a a bank that's going to be injecting capital back into our small business community is really, really good. we're going to talk about some other things related to your your particular organizations. Uh, Leadership Lake Norman cranks out tomorrow. It's going to be our first day, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Leadership Lake Norman is, uh, is, is taking off. And then we've got Junior Leadership Lake Norman that is going to be taking place. And uh, we've got the juniors going to, I think it's October 5th, is going to be their retreat. Uh, Bill, we've got about... I guess about 20 seconds before we go from our digital audience and those of you joining us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, thank you for staying with us on Town Talk and listening to us uh, chat a little bit about our experiences with concerts and Chamber of Commerce activities. We've got Daniel on line
4: 2 who We'd
0: like to talk to Eric. Okay. And uh, how far are we from coming back on live? Uh, Ten seconds. Okay. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell, President of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. I have Eric Boer. He's the music director and president of the Board of Directors for the Cornelius Youth Orchestra. And Laura Ingram, who is the executive director of Feed NC. And we have Daniel on the line. Daniel, I think you have a question for Eric.
2: Yes, Bill. It's good to hear you. I was uh, uh, looking at my iPad and saw uh, WSIC Town Talk on and I got a quick question for Eric. Go for it. Uh, is the orchestra... Is the orchestra still going to be at Sound of the Highlands on September 30th?
3: You know, that is a fantastic question, and thank you so much for bringing it up. This coming, I'm sorry, a week from Saturday, we are having our season kickoff fundraiser gala, The Sound of the Highlands. We're going to be partnering with Rural Hill to put on that event, and we will be performing live for all of the patrons who join us this evening. You can go to our website, Google us, Cornelius Youth Orchestras, and you can get your tickets there.
0: Uh, Bill on the boards told me it was Daniel. This is Commissioner Dan Boone, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you being incognito, Daniel? You about threw me, but I heard that voice. I'm going like that's that's not Daniel. That's Dan.
2: <laughs> Thank no, you for I, the plug, Dan. I, I'm deaf and not an. I'm not an. Uh, no, I know. Uh, i It's me. <laughs> Dan, we had a, a new There's business. A, I will
0: we had a new business opening up today, U.S. Bank in Huntersville. Uh, it's got to make you excited uh, to see a new business. And then we recognized Jason Colvin earlier in the show. I don't know if you joined us where we uh, talked about the two state championship teams. Uh, question, um, you, you were the one that kind of ra- encouraged Jason to come to the town board, and he talked about the needs of having more fields to uh, Talk a little bit about uh, what the town's going to be doing to, to facilitate maybe getting more resources together for our recreational uses.
2: Well, Bill, I wouldn't expect to answer a question like that. <laughs> Bailey Road, uh, uh, the county owns that, and the in the, uh, the town of Huntersville runs the parks there through our park and recs uh, department. But... Uh, I would like to see the county and the town remaster that extra 100 to 200 acres and bring in a, a a really a Class A softball, little league baseball facility where they have four satellite fields and one championship field. Because the the people in Huntersville, Cornelius, and Davidson, if they want to play play in any big tournaments, they got to go to Wilson, North Carolina. And Wilson's a great town. But, you know, if you're not playing baseball, you're just eating barbecue. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can add a lot more to that. (laughs) But uh, I – yeah, you – Sports is where it's at, and I'm glad that uh, Jason brought his Little Leaguers up there to be recognized.
0: Well, Dan, I, I want to thank you for, for encouraging Jason to bring that, because the, sometimes you go to a town board meeting, and it can get contentious, and you've got these public hearings and things. Uh, and when you bring and you put 60 kids or whatever was in the room the other night, I guess it was 35, 40 kids in the room, it just changes the whole tenure of the, the room, didn't it?
2: Well, it's it's kind of, we've all been to those weddings where— the one part didn't like the other part, <laughs> but the hall like. And then these kids come in, and this is what Huntersville's all about. I mean, the skies opened up. I was so proud of those folks. And uh, then they left, and we went into our usual business.
0: <laughs> well, Dan, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for the question
2: to Eric. Okay, gonna- Eric, I'll see you Saturday at the 30th.
3: Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Dan.
0: Laura, we're going to kick it back to you real quickly. How do you get uh, the volunteers that you do have at VDNC? How do you get them?
4: A lot of it is by word of mouth. You know, somebody comes in and has a really good experience um, and then they invite their neighbors or their church members to come back with them. We also have a lot of great youth, teenagers. Um, A lot of teenagers in our community do give back regularly. They have hours that they want to do for school and to achieve their goals. So we have uh, great teenagers in the building all the time. Um, And then we also do have really wonderful corporate groups who come out every day. We've had almost every day since we moved, we've had a different corporate group in the building and so they might just spend one day it's a give-back kind of day they'll spend one day with us but then um, a different department will have a different department from Lowe's corporate come out often or uh, train um, Ingersoll Rand lots of wonderful businesses in our community that send people regularly so that's typically how we find people and we do have it on the website so that it's easy to find if somebody's out there trying to find a place to volunteer.
0: Eric same question to you but I, t- I tell you I, I, when you said that you you have some of the people from the Charlotte Symphony working working with the kids. But t- where do you get
3: your volunteers? You know, that's a great question. Um, a lot of our volunteers um, are primarily parents that we ask to get involved. Um, but increasingly, in the last uh, six months or so, we've seen some partnerships with Kawanas as well as Rotary, mm-hmm. and a couple other community organizations where we do have some volunteers coming in and helping us out um, with different uh, endeavors that we have, whether it be grants or putting on um, different concerts. We need ushers that can help us out with that. I think the Boy Scout um, the local troop helped us out there so we're very happy to have that help from them. Eric how long have you been president of the board? I joined uh, the board in December of 2018 and right at the turn of the new year so January of 2019. I assume both roles at the same time.
0: What is your
3: vision, or what is the board's vision uh, for the Cornelius Youth Orchestra? You know, that's a great question. One of the things that we'd like to do is we'd like to radically scale our reach and how our uh, the demographic that we serve. So initially, like I said, we mainly served middle schoolers. Now we're serving elementary all the way to high school. And I did speak briefly about our uh, auditioned ensembles that are for high-end, really motivated kids. But I would be remiss if I did not mention that we are also, we have a whole, and it's Actually, there are more programming now on the educational side of things. But there's a whole branch of our organization is serving kids that have no experience whatsoever. Come see us if you do not have any experience. Day one on your instrument and come learn from somebody who graduated from Juilliard.
0: I'm going to ask you, I feel good. Tell me one really good story that you've got of maybe a child that got in there that... Uh, you know, it just blew you away or you go like, I
3: am so glad that I'm working with this organization. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you two just because okay. um, the the first one, we started a new beginner program uh, just last year and uh, the trumpet class, specific to trumpets, the principal trumpet of the Charlotte Symphony comes up and works with that. Alex Wilborn, big credit to him. Um, a student that had never played the trumpet before, by the end of that semester was the principal trumpet in their middle school. The second is our principal horn in the, the symphony itself, um, the, the, our youth orchestra. Um, Um, Also got to perform with uh, Carolina, Opera Carolina over the summer because of the connection there with our faculty. And so going from playing in a youth ensemble um, to playing professionally, um, we're happy to facilitate all of that. We're so happy to serve our community in that way. You know, Laura, again, I, I've
0: served on a lot of different boards. I'm in the Kiwanis Club. I'm yeah. in the Rotary Club. I've, I've been on the board of Habitat, been on the board of United Way, uh, Ada Jenkins Center. And when you're on like the Habitat board and you see a family, uh, sometimes it's a single parent family that are able to own their first home uh, and watch them, the smile they have on their faces. They have the keys in their hand, the kids uh, on their you know, right beside them. It is just, it, it just makes you feel so good. Um, is there a one story that just comes to mind with you uh, that a family you helped or an individual you helped at Feed North Carolina?
4: Yeah, I, I might have two too, but I'll be quick. Yeah, I, sure. No, go ahead. One of my favorites was one afternoon. It was about four o'clock. And by 4 o'clock, most of our food is gone. We sort of go through a lot of food a day. And uh, we had a single dad who walked in the front door, and it was his daughter's birthday. And he just said, I don't have a cake. I don't have cupcakes. You know, I'm Uh. responsible for this. And... Unbelievably, uh, there is the only cake sitting there on the shelf with her name on it, literally said happy birthday um, to his daughter. So we don't forget things like that, you know, that that clearly was bigger than any of us, you know, standing in that building that day. And then we also have a graduate of our culinary program graduated, had never been employed, and has now been employed at Davidson College in their food services for three years. She's had two promotions, uh, doing incredibly well, has health benefits. So every time we see a person who, you know, gets back on their feet, truly has a good job, they will no longer need our services, which she doesn't.
0: You know, as the president of the Chamber of Commerce, I carry out the wishes of my board of directors. Uh, So it's not my vision, it's the board's vision. But we, we all have, as executive directors, as presidents of the chambers, president of a board, uh, where we want to see our organization go. Uh, What is your vision as the executive director of Feed NC?
4: Yeah, I mean, we'd like to continue to do more. We strive every day to do more, serve more people, uh, meet more needs. Specifically um, with the Workforce Development Program, we'd like to double and triple the size of the number of students that we have in our program, for sure. Uh, Again, the more people that graduate, the more people who are gainfully employed um, in our community. And then one of my favorite aspects of Feed and See is that people come together around food. If you think about every holiday you've ever had, every family event, People come together around a table. And so we feel like we can be a big part of that in our community, bringing different kinds of people together. Those relationships happen beautifully and organically in our building every day. So I hope that the vision is that we continue to bring different kinds of people together.
0: We've only got a couple of minutes. Uh, what can the community do to support feed
4: uh, we absolutely need volunteers. Um, also appreciate anything that anyone can eat um, and can be delivered to us Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. Um, and we do always need financial support as well. It's in, it's a substantial-sized operation at this point to meet the needs of the community.
0: And the best source of information, website? Yes. Is, yep. is? FeedNC.org bnc.org. And Eric, what
3: can the community do to support what the Cornelius Worth Orchestra is doing? Three things. First, come to a concert. Oh, yes. Come to a concert. You know, enjoy what we have to offer. Enjoy the fantastic talent of our kids and see them at uh, doing what they do best. Um, the second thing, we do need volunteer help as well. It seems like that's a, you hear the nonprofits say that a lot, um, but we do need some volunteers. And so if you would like to reach out and help us out in that regard, contact us, go to our website. You can Google us, Cornelius Youth Orchestra, find our phone number and our email address there. You can reach out. We also do fi- need financial support. Um, feel free to reach out on our website as well for that.
0: You know, Eric, I have not been to a performance of the Cornelius Youth Consider Orchestra. Consider yourself
3: invited. I am absolutely <laughs> going to be there. Uh,
0: if you'll make sure that I get the schedule. And absolutely. Uh, I, again, I can't thank you enough, Laura, for, for what you do out there to make our community a great place to work and live throughout our region. Thank both of you. Uh, It's just a, uh, I really appreciate what you're doing out there for our community. Thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. If it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk, WSIC. I'm Bill Russell, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us.
2: The new 1059-100.7 WSIC Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.